you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, this is God's Word. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. Just as Jans and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men oppose the truth, men of depraved minds, who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far, because as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. In the last times, when did that start? Now that started in the time of Christ. Everything leading up to Jesus was prelude. 
when Jesus came and brought in the new covenant through his death and resurrection, the last days began. Because there's not a, another plan. There's not something else that has to happen in order for us to be saved. It has been accomplished. What is being worked out now is the spread of the kingdom through the whole earth. But Jesus said when he was leaving that he was going to return. And he is. Not this time as the suffering servant, but as the conquering king. King of kings and Lord of lords, and every knee will bow. Those who've resisted, those who have said, I don't even think there's a God. Or I think there are many paths to God. Or whatever their driveling nonsense is, they're all going to bow. Jesus is Lord. So in these last days, what should we expect? Terrible times. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive. Those are all horrible, aren't they? Look at the next one. Disobedient to their parents. Well, I, I mean, that's, that's no biggie. It is to God. So I'm supposed to do whatever my parents say? You're supposed to do whatever your parents say as long as it is not going against what God says. We've said it before, I'll remind you again, no one has authority to command what God forbids or to forbid what God commands. Some of you know what it is to have a parent who tries to get you to do things you shouldn't, whether it's lying or stealing or other bad things. You're not supposed to just unquestioningly do whatever your parent or whoever's in authority over you tells you. But unless it goes against God's word, the idea that you have to have a curfew at night or go upstairs and make your bed or do your laundry or whatever it is, you need to do that as unto the Lord. Because he says, children, obey your parents. He says, honor your father and mother. But in the last days, there are going to be some people who are going to be disobedient to their parents. You don't want to be in that group. Ungrateful. Ungrateful. Is it a sin to be ungrateful? Yeah. We're supposed to give thanks in all circumstances. We're supposed to Rejoice in the Lord always. We're supposed to be grateful for what we have instead of focused on what we don't have. There are going to be people who are going to be ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So I just can't control myself. Well, you need to get saved. Oh, well, I am saved. Well, then you can control yourself. You need to stop believing the devil's lie and start believing what God says and doing what God says. They will be brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power, 
have nothing to do with them. So does that mean if somebody is a non-Christian, we're just not supposed to have anything to do with them? No, this is talking about have nothing to do with those who are supposed to be part of the family. They're supposed to be children of God, and yet they're behaving like this. Well, so it's okay to be buddies with the world? Well, I wouldn't use the word buddies. But you should be extremely loving and gracious toward all people. And do good as you have opportunity for all people, especially those who are of the household of faith. But the idea here, if if somebody is bleeding, I mean spurting blood, and you say, um, okay, I think the best thing I can do is just try and be a friend, okay? Uh, hi, how you doing? It's, uh, gosh, nice clouds, aren't they? Sorry about all the blood. Um, you're looking kind of pale. Is there anything I can get you? You're not helping. People who don't know Jesus are going to hell. They are spiritually dead. They need to meet him. They need new life. And so you don't just run up to them and say, you're going to hell. You need to repent. You're kind. And the kindest thing you can do is introduce them to Jesus. So, when he says have nothing to do with them, he doesn't mean you don't try and lead people to Christ. He means you don't live among them as one of them, thinking it won't rub off. Folks, let me take just a moment to encourage you to go on the internet and visit the website of Wares Valley Ranch. It's a very easy address, just WVR. For over 20 years, the ranch has provided a loving home environment for children who have a problem that they did not create. It may be a health crisis on the part of a parent or even the death of a parent. Often, it's the death of a marriage, leaving a single parent who's struggling to care for the children while working one or more jobs in order to provide for their support. Sometimes, it's a parent who struggles with alcohol or drug addiction, or even a case where one or both parents are in prison. But these children are not the problem. They're not delinquents. They're simply caught in a difficult circumstance. I hope you'll help us provide these little ones with the opportunity for hope and healing in a Christ-centered environment. Please visit wvr.org in order to learn more and in order to help. That's wvr.org. To step out of my comfort zone to the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he's holding out his hand They are the kind who worm their way in the homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and swayed by all kinds of evil desires. He's clearly here, if you look at other scripture, talking about those within the church, the false teachers that he's mentioned earlier. And he says they take advantage of people, and that's why they're doing what they're doing. And there are people and preachers who literally 
look for opportunities to lead in a church so that they can abuse other people, so that they can seduce people. That's not a new problem. Paul warned Timothy about it. They're the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. Mm. Just as Jans and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men oppose the truth. Men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. Sooner or later, it comes out. Sooner or later, it's exposed. What's the antidote? Okay. Timothy, if it's going to get really bad, and it is going to get really bad. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured? Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Now, please get this. He says, all these really hard things happened to me, and I endured them, but the Lord rescued me from them. Some of us, our idea of the Lord rescuing us is we don't have to go through the hard times. Right? That's what, that's what I want. I, I want the Lord to swoop in right before I'm about to get hurt, okay? Man, I tripped. I was starting to fall down the stairs, and this angel just grabbed me and stood me back up on top and said, be more careful, Jim. And boy, that was a close call. But instead, sometimes we go tumbling down the stairs, and we're lying there at the bottom, and we say, well, thank God I didn't break anything, but why is my arm on backwards? Let me, let me just tell you, God doesn't say, if you serve me, you won't have to go through hard times. What he says is, you can endure it, and I'll deliver you out of it, even if it involves death. So, he says, the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact... Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Really? Yeah. Well, why don't we have persecution here? Well, some people do. But the reason most of us don't encounter that kind of persecution at this time is because we assume that if a course of action would result in persecution, that must not be God's will for us. Okay? It would probably be a bad witness to do that because I think that would upset a lot of people. What if Jesus had taken that approach? You know, I think if I say these things the Father's telling me to say, it's going gonna, it's gonna to anger the power establishment. And, and I might actually end up uh, on a cross or something. No, Jesus knew that he came to die. And Jesus courageously said everything the Father told him to say and nothing else. He did everything the Father told him to do and nothing else. And he went to the cross for us. And after he rose from the dead, he showed them his hands and his side. 
And he said, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. If you're going to follow Jesus, Jesus says it's going to involve a cross. You're going to have to die to self, and there's going to be a lot of opposition. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But don't be afraid. I've already overcome the world. So, Pastor, I just don't think that happens in 20th century America. Well, ask Jack Phillips, the guy who had a bakery. And he was happy to serve homosexual customers. There's no problem. But when they wanted him to bake a cake and decorate it for a same-sex wedding, he said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I can't use my creative talents in order to try and promote and celebrate and make beautiful something that I believe is wrong. So he got sued. And the state of Colorado said that's a violation of their civil rights. I have not heard of one single case. By the way, it went all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said that Colorado discriminated against him. And uh, so Colorado turned around and immediately sued him on another basis. Because they're determined to crush anyone who dares to stand against their agenda. That's what's called tolerance in America these days. But um, I haven't heard any stories about someone going to a Muslim bakery up in Michigan and saying, I want a cake, and right on it you're to say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Nobody's doing that. Well, Pastor, why are you talking about all this stuff? Because I want you to understand that there are Christians in our culture who are seeking to do what God has told them to do, and the price is high. Florists who are losing their business. Bakers who are losing theirs. Other folks who are being run out of town. Because people in show business who try and take a stand for Christ. And all of a sudden, their star is faded. God says, through the Apostle Paul, that everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It may not be in prison, but there will be a price. There will be a price. It may be family who reject you. You think you're better than we are. I don't like your holier-than-thou attitude. There's a price. While evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. How is a person saved? Through faith in Christ Jesus. How do we know who Jesus is and what to believe about him? Through the Scriptures. The Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And then he says something about the Scripture that we really need to know. All Scripture is God-breathed 
and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. There is nothing you will ever learn anywhere at any time that is as valuable as knowing God's Word. Nothing. Well, I, I kind of like Popular Mechanics magazine. I think it's got some really cool stuff in it. I do too. Well, I, I've always been kind of a Shakespeare buff. I know my family thinks I'm weird, but, but I like Shakespeare. There's all kinds of stuff that's worth learning, but none of it is as valuable as the knowledge of God's Word pointing you to Jesus and teaching you to trust in Him because He alone can save. Well, I think some Scripture is really good. I, you know, I, I really like some parts of the Bible. The whole thing is good. One of my brothers said, I think God put Leviticus in the Bible to see who is really sincere about reading it through. You, know, you read Genesis, and it's like, yeah, ooh, this is rich, this is good. You read Exodus, yeah, wow, great story, drama, great stuff. Exodus, Leviticus, Leviticus. We'll come back to that. It's all good. Some of it is more accessible than others but it's all good. It's all good because it's God-breathed. God spoke the scriptures. Don't you think there are some things that are, uh, you know, I mean, after all the times it was copied and so forth, don't you think we've got errors in the Bible? No, I think we've got errors sometimes in translations of the Bible, but not in the Bible. It is without error. Well, what about those inconsistencies? Well, when that question comes up, one of the things I like to do is tell about my friends, the Halls. They were in our church in Atlanta. Harold and Ruth Hall, precious couple. He was the chairman of the pastor search committee when I came to the church. Harold and Ruth. They had a son named Harold. Their son Harold was usually called Hap. And Hap married a lovely lady named Jane. So we had Harold and Ruth, and Harold and Jane. But you could tell them, because this one's younger, and he goes by Hap. We had another Jane Hall. But she was married to John. John Hall. Not related to these Halls. These Halls were lovely people. We're still good friends. John and Jane. And they had a son named Johnny. Johnny Hall. There was another guy in the church. His name was John Hall. He was not related to either of these Hall families. And his wife was Anna. So we had Harold and Ruth, Harold and Jane, John and Jane, John and Anna. Now, if somebody were to go back through the records of the church minutes from that era and try and sort out who's who and what's what, they would almost certainly come up with about three different theories as to what happened. Did this guy have two wives? Was this a scribal error when they said John and Jane? Because we know that Harold and Jane were a couple. Oh, no, 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 you're mistaken. Harold and Ruth were a couple. 
not Harold and Jane. Jane was married to John. Well, I thought John was married to Anna. Well, he can't have been. Well, maybe she had two names. Maybe she was sometimes called Anna and sometimes called Jane. But I think that Jane tradition over here is not right. That's what people get PhDs for doing with the scriptures. They go back and try and figure out how to correct the errors that aren't errors. All scripture is God-breathed. So believe it and learn it and obey it. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.